rink wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson, back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard and Chapman live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We're in the winner's circle, big W last night, and then one of those practice shootouts, which Mm -hmm. is kind of strange. You do leave the the rink with the victory in the exhibition game. So one on one to start the preseason. Five more games to go, and the first road trip uh, is coming up. First road game is coming up. Salt Lake City tomorrow night. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm gonna go to Salt Lake City and uh, attend that one in person. So I'll be able to bring you the vibe uh, from uh, downtown Salt Lake City. And Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, is going to uh, pop on the program tomorrow afternoon from Salt Lake City. Uh, schedule pending uh, that everything works out on time. Uh, exhibition games are kind of uh, different in the sense of, of how the teams operate. You fly in day of and you fly out mm-hmm. right after and mm-hmm. things can kind of get uh, bottled up and there might be some news or some activity that can uh, delay uh, uh, somebody's appearance on a program such as ours when it comes to important people like Kelly McCormick. So, uh, But uh, the the Canada plan is to have Kelly join us from the broadcast booth in Salt Lake City. Today, Jesus Lopez, a Spanish language broadcaster, is going to join us of the Vegas Golden Knights, play-by-play voice, and he will stop by in studio. And Kim Frank from the VGK Foundation will also pop on the program. Uh, some uh, uh, activations coming up for 1 October, uh, the uh, anniversary of that tragedy, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were intricately tied to the healing process of our city and uh, we'll continue to uh, give back and support the community and we'll give you an idea of what's going to happen uh, regarding uh, the activities uh, on 1 October. But as for the, oh, I also want to mention that some preseason games of significance have taken place throughout the National Hockey League, Ryan. I'm going to give you an idea of of some of the happenings uh, around the league. Now, it's grain of salt time, Mm -hmm. not hill of beans, but grain of salt okay. time. Sure. Yep. You've heard of that one, right? A grain of salt? Yeah. yeah. No, I got okay. it. So, yep. uh, but I have, I have some performances that I want to highlight and some individual and team efforts that are particularly interesting to me, and I want to know whether they <laughs> jump out to you. Because you okay. get these these odd results and these different performances during preseason. And uh, I was going through things uh, as I tend to do. And I was like, what? That happened? I've never, I don't think I've ever seen numbers that skewed before. But okay. it, was a, it was an NHL preseason game. Uh, what do you think of last night? So uh, I thought last night was better. Obviously, for for the Golden Knights, I thought there were were more pockets in the game where you didn't see 
uh, some of the sloppiness that you saw on Sunday night. Uh, it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch, but you know, for me, uh, Jack Dugan had some. He was noticeable for me in the first period, and then as kind of the the penalties went against the Golden Knights there in the second and third, I, I think it, it, you just kind of lose that flow of the game. So you didn't necessarily see exactly what you wanted to see out of out of Jack Dugan. I thought Peyton Krebs was better yesterday than he was on Sunday. Um, you know, and then Nick Waugh, Will Carrier, Keegan Colasar, they had some some good momentum shifts. Um, and then you know, I think the best line was probably Patrick Brown with uh, Jake LeCision and Jonas Ronbjerg. They were very, very consistent top to bottom for the Golden Knights. The, the penalty kill was really good. I thought the power play looked looked good at, as well. Uh, more so the second unit in the first period. And then obviously the, the first unit comes away with a big goal uh, in the third period, but you know, and, and then I think kind of the the last thing for me was uh, Laurent Brassois. Plaid had a solid game, um, you know, some big saves, some composure type saves, and you know, you kind of check all the boxes that you needed to see if you were the Vegas Golden Knights coming out of that game last night. Uh, Patrick Brown is the best player in the rink. The first ten, fifteen minutes of the game mm-hmm. just yeah. looked like uh, a National Hockey League player. Jonas Rombierg, good player. And the coaches love him. Uh, (laughs) The organization loves him because he's a big body. He's responsible. And I think that there's some, like, offensive skills there that can make things happen. That said, uh, he had a puck go off his stick last night that if it was the Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup, they would have just said, pick it up. Like, it's in. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It was a gimme. And that, that, it was a tough year for gimmies on the Ryder Cup. There was some controversy about uh, having to put some stuff out uh, this year. And they still would have said, pick it up. That's good. It's a goal. Uh, away you go. Uh, he, he puts himself in the right spot. Uh, not flashy at all. Mm-hmm. You, no. you, you kind of have to look for him in that sense. But I think that there's some real possibilities with that player. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, again, I, I look at that line uh, top to bottom. I, I thought they were really good. They were controlling play down low. They were getting pucks to the front of the net. And, you know, the play that you're talking about, it's Alex Petrangelo going wide, and he just absolutely delivers a beautiful pass to Ronberg, who has to fend off competition in front of the net to get there, puts his stick down. He does everything right but direct that puck into the back of the net. It was a good showing for him, and, you know, this is, I, I think, for him, an important camp because, you know, you, you want to get to at least the opportunity to, to play a, a couple of games at the NHL level. And that's really what's at stake, I think, for Jonas Ronbjerg. And it's it's all about taking steps and, and, you know, showing well in these games. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets at least another look, right? I, I think he's earned another game in this preseason to show what he can do. Chapman's leaving, but I'm going to call him back in a second. Uh, he's he's going to uh, he's going to go out and work the hallways and see if he can find Jesus, yeah, and and bring him into the room because I'm being, mm-hmm. it's 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 nerve wracking walking into the studio. You know that walking into a studio would, during a live show and trying to settle in. We we booked him for four oh five. He's waiting in our green room. He he probably got got caught up in the spa. That's what happens every time our guests are late. Mm-hmm. They get tied yeah. up in the spa. And sure. then they just completely forget that the the show's going on. We have one of the greatest green rooms in in radio today here at Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Chapman, you were part of the media gaggle today, 
at practice. Yes. What did you notice about Jonas Rombjerg? Um, I, I, I think he's kind of shy. Um, but he's he's a guy who I remember year one. He's gotten a lot bigger. Anything physical other than like the the, the bigger part? Looked like maybe a busted nose. Yeah. Did he break his nose? Because I mean, he had I don't a, know. a pretty... you were in the room. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to just. <laughs> Hey, hey, Jonas, did you break your nose? I mean, I'm not going to. So I, far be it for me to call out anybody in the media, but I'm going to call out people in the media. There's this six foot three professional athlete standing in front of you who we don't get to talk to a lot or haven't yes. had a chance to talk to a lot. And he has this big scrape down his nose. Oh, yeah, it was a big one. Yeah. And nobody. Asks him. Including and I, Darren Malone. And I sat there going, I'm going to do an experiment here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see oh. if anybody asks him about what happened to the nose. Where did it occur? And like anything to do with the one thing that everybody is looking at. Mm-hmm. And... Nobody did. I think it's David Shane's too well, busy beacon Gary Lawless, oh, and it was a, and it was a good beak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody talked to him about it, including you. I was doing yeah. an experiment. Sure, sure you were. I brought. What if up. everyone else in the room was doing an yeah. experiment? There was. There's no way. Yes, absolutely. Justin Emerson, Maybe. Ken Bolke, we were That's all doing awesome. experiments. Justin's, Jesse Granger. Justin's too busy, yes. but oh. worried about his kid <laughs> Every... that he's having. <laughs> and he's gotten some good uh, answers, uh, by uh, the way. David Shane's <laughs> talking about uh, uh, pop culture. You're worried about whatever you're worried about. Who knows what's coming oh, out of your mouth, Chapman. On. Good stuff and, today from Chapman. And uh, the rest of them must have been just looking at, looking at their notes, preparing for their questions, because nobody was looking up. At Jonas Rombier. I, I feel I, I, like you're, you're you're really calling out Ben Goats, the nicest oh, guy in the media, ben, and and ben, and I I think that's really uncalled for, Darren. If I could get Ben on the phone right now, I would. You know what? I could I, call. I, I think I, I have his number. I get them all on the phone. Give him a call. <laughs> I want to know why. How yeah, nobody wanna, I, nobody Chapman, asks about call an audible here. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look get, and see if get I every have. get every single person that was in that room on the phone right now. I want to oh, hear I, Darren go at him. I don't great. have Goats's number. Oh. Funny enough. You know what though? I do have David right. Shane's number. Hey, hey, hey. Don't yeah. don't worry about it, Darren. I'll I'll get I'll get Goats's number. Okay. I I'll do get it. I, I can call David Shane right now. But it was one of those it was one of those softballs <laughs> just sitting there that you could and, and there's a couple of guys that come in where where nobody really knows them, like the players. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. always this awkward pause. And I'm sorry, people, if we're a little bit inside baseball here, but I'd like to give you an idea of what, what happens during the media uh, sessions today, especially now that we're we're in person. And the the players are a little awkward because they're standing at a podium, and they don't do that very often. Uh, and the there's this the group of, of local media here. Everybody sits in the front row. They take up the entire front row, even though there's like seven rows of seating. It's where the team does their their video meetings, but they all line they're up in the front row. Lawn. Yeah, and they're yeah, crotchety Darren here, and they're all right there, <laughs> and they're just staring at it. And then there's this awkward. If it's Max Pacioretty or it's William Carlson, then there's 
uh, lighthearted bantering going back and forth, or Pete DeBoer, uh, there's lighthearted bantering going back and forth. But if it's somebody that's a raw rookie or Rombierg, then there's this awkwardness. And the moderator, whether it be uh, the PR person with Sage Sammons or or Garrett Calloway, will say any questions. And there's this pause. Yes. That that was my pause. (laughs) And nobody asks him. About the banged up nose. Well, I, Schnoz. I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. You think it was broken? I don't know if it was broken. No, exactly. no it wasn't. You know why it, you don't know? Because we didn't ask. Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't black and blue, so it's very possible it wasn't. It was just a big scratch. No, the but eyes get black and blue. His eyes weren't black and blue either. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. The, not the, the the whole length of but the nose. The, the, the thing is, A, we don't really know Jonas all that well. So does that mean you can't ask him well, about his... I, 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 think there's, I think there's a certain... Courtesy that the guy is extended. I mean, we we don't. It's. I mean, that's baloney. That's not baloney. That's baloney. It's taken me a long time to build up some of those relationships that I have with the players. If a guy came in limping, would you ask him? No. What kind of reporter are you? Listen, you you know what you know what I would get if if the guy's limping, lower body day to day. That's what I would get. He's not. That's the other thing. He's probably not going to tell us. Yeah, it's broken. How do you know? Well, I don't, but that's why I said probably. Listen, you got you got connections. We can get we can get Jonas on the phone. I consciously sat there this is going amazing. Is yeah, anybody going to ask him about the one? Th- you know when you're you're in grade ten and you got that heater coming on the forehead. <laughs> And you, you know when you didn't do it, and you're you trying feel, to deflect you to feel, everyone. Else. I brought it up. Yeah. Hey, I, if I was right. if I was afraid of this, I wouldn't have brought it up. But you got that heater coming. You could have done it, and it's and it's bubbling, and you know that it, at some point during third period, uh, uh-huh. it's going to start show, start showing its its ugly presence on your forehead, <laughs> and and you're afraid everybody's going to look at it, and it's really not that big, but everybody in yeah. the world's going to be looking at it. This wasn't a heater, but it was a big scrape on his nose, and everybody was looking at it, sure. and nobody asked him. Well, and here's here's the part that Darren left out. Yes, mm-hmm. the moderator will say, hey, any questions for Jonas or Max or William mm-hmm. Carlson? But at the yep. very end, Sage or Garrett always say, anybody have any more questions for for particular right. player? Well, at, that point, at that point, Darren's experiment was over because nobody clearly sure. was going to ask, and he could have said, Jonas, what? that's your opening. What? Did you did you that's look at chance. me when when he walked out the room? Did you see what I was doing? What were you? You weren't you weren't like the guy at the, the airport question? with no. the, with the flags no, 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 waving no, no. the plane Hold in. On. No. Hold on. <laughs> Why didn't you just the ask the question then? I was on the floor in my robe mm-hmm. by himself. By yep. the way, because because Duva won't sit near. Shocking. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely exasperated that nobody uh-huh. asked Jonas Romberg the question: What happened to your nose? Okay, and and I understand your experiment up until a point, right? I understand that you were sitting back saying, hmm, I'm going to be the guy that recognizes there's a question that needs to be asked, but I, I, Darren Millard, I am not going to ask that question. And then as Chris points out, if, if at that point where the moderator says, any last questions for Jonas Ronbjerg, at that point you could have come onto this program, Darren, 
today and been like, no one asked, and then it was, are there any final questions? So I knew nobody was going to ask, and then I asked the question because I'm not afraid to ask the question. No, because this is a teaching moment, and I'm going to it use is? it as one of those those moments where we learn mm -hmm. from it. And I'm curious, and I'm disappointed that I don't know what happened to the nose, <laughs> and, and everybody else right now is now listening going, I wish... Okay. I no, wish no. I knew what happened to the nose, and Hold I'm on. right with you, and I know that Wallace, you wish you knew what happened to the nose, and Chapman, you wish you um, knew what happened to the nose, hey, Darren. And, and and we're all going to sit here being yeah. left out, Okay, and I'm, it's just so, one of those teaching moments. Rita is chiming in on Twitter, yeah. and it's phenomenal. Yeah, you want you want me to get into this? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. great. She's calling BS on Darren Millard. Oh, Darren wanted someone to ask a personal question so you could, you being Darren, needle them for being rude. Call no. it like it is, Darren. Oh. Exclamation point. Oh. Rita, lay wow. it down. This isn't personal. This is a hockey player who somehow got banged up. Mark Stone got stitches in his ear. We wanted mm -hmm. to know what, what happened to his ear. That's, well, we know that's, what happened that's, to that's Mark Stone. A, because somebody asked. Well, we all saw it, too. Well, okay, hold on. Hold that's on. because there was somebody a, there asked. Was a play. Okay, there was a play. In I want to say it was the first period where at the benches Ron Bier got uh, some contact up a little bit high. I I bet you, Darren, he scraped his nose. Thank you. I bet that's what happened. I'll accept that. See, I, I bet he had a scrape on his nose because he scraped his nose. That's that's as close as I'm going to get right now. I like how okay. Darren uses his own personal inadequacies to throw every other reporter <laughs> in the Vegas media under the bus. <laughs> like Gary Lawless, you should have asked that question. David <sighs> Shane, you should have asked. Well, ben Goats, ha-ha. I'll, I'll give Gary Lawless a pass because he was still recovering from the David Shane chirp. Oh. Uh, I don't even know what that was about. But David Shane, quiet David Shane. <laughs> Waited hey until oh, until good. until Gary Lawless got to the back of the room, and then beaked him. Well, well, you got to explain amazing. why he beaked him. I, I can't remember. Oh, so I guess Gary showed up a little bit late for Pete, and he wasn't in the room. Oh, that's right too. Yeah. So when so when they opened the door and Pete left, Gary came in, and David says, "Nice of you to show up." Yeah, thanks yeah. for Ooh. stopping by. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. You know, I I've I've done some radio with David Shane. That's not surprising. He is sneaky under the radar beaker. Like I'm telling you right now, you don't give him a you don't give him an inch. He'll take it. I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it to Gary. It was oh. just one of those days where I thought I'm, I just might tread a little lightly. With, no, with you were Gary. you were going to wait. You were going to wait until no. you weren't in the same room with Gary. So you can throw him under <laughs> the bus on the program. Yeah, no, we totally get it, Darren. David we totally Shane get it. almost did that. It, I, I, mm -hmm. I will stick taps to David Shane all day long for that. But the rest of them, okay. No, well, right. and Justin Emerson, he's got his. He's asking every person about uh, advice. It's it's like he's using our media availability as a free parenting class. Yeah, yeah. Wow, dude, they offer those. This, you know? this cuts deep, man. No, no Chapman <laughs> agrees with me here. You know what the best part was? Every single player and coach, because he SP'd as well, they all tell him the same thing. Ryan, you'll agree with this too, because you you know, mm -hmm. get your sleep now because get, it's yeah. you're not you're yeah. not gonna get it once <laughs> that once that. And and the funny thing is, 
This also involves Gary. Gary says to Justin, he goes, hey, uh, you have a, oh, I think it was Pacioretty who asked him if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And, yeah. and Pacioretty, he, Justin tells Pacioretty it's a boy. And Max goes, nice. And then Gary <laughs> says, no, do you have a name picked out? He goes, yeah. We, or Gary says to him, Gar- I, I think Gary's a really nice name. And Justin says, yeah, you know what? That's actually the name we've got picked out. There's no way. That's no, I know. Yeah. I don't. You fell for that? No, of course oh, not. my goodness. Uh, the Golden Knights come back and they, they win that game yesterday. Uh, it featured a couple of power play goals. Colasar, net front presence on mm-hmm. the power play, providing the screen on a goal by who, Ryan Wallace? That'd be Nick Hague. Yeah, we called that, didn't we? We say, just just so you know, Nick Hague's going to have a breakout year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a, a second power play goal, which came to- in totally different fashion. The puck was in thir- <laughs> 13 pieces by the time yeah. it, it got over to uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. <laughs> because it was just a, a mad scramble in front of the net. Uh, but in game one, it was Nolan Patrick with the net front presence, distributing the puck. Yeah. In game two, Keegan Colasar. And I don't know how much Keegan Colasar is going to be used in the power play or in that role with net front presence. But uh, an area that has been well documented as mm. a, a, a part of the game that needs to become more presentable and impactful for the Vegas Golden Knights in the first two preseason games, net front presence on the power play has an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Colesar, that screen was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, when you kind of look at that power play as a whole for the Golden Knights, um, you know, with, with Krebs and Dugan on the half wall, you had Coughlin and Haig. You had two options, really, that were looking to throw the puck on net. And, you know, there was a, a pass, I think, shortly before the goal. It was Dugan on the half wall, cross ice to Haig on a one-timer that just misses and then it you know you, you take a little bit of a different approach nick Haig doesn't take a big slap shot one timer he just kind of looks at where the screen is going and rips one uh with a wrist shot and you know you got to give credit to keegan colasar for taking the eyes away and it's just a beautiful shot from nick Haig. uh maybe a mini hager bomb but there it is like that's that's the type of confidence you want him to play with in the offensive zone Nick Hag actually told Ashley Weiss during the first intermission that he was appreciative and told Dylan Coughlin when they got back to the bench, thanks for giving me the puck again because he missed a couple <laughs> before that. Uh, and just uh, ex- making an example of uh, exactly what you said, um, the distribution there. So I, I think that there's there's a couple of trends uh, that you can take out of the first two games. Uh, last night was uh, more of a... Uh, less experienced lineup than the opener. Uh, I'll be curious to see what we see Thursday, Friday. Probably uh, the same type of lineup. And then this weekend, I anticipate with uh, the Golden Knights having three games left before the start of the the regular season, you'll see a a smaller camp uh, down the stretch and really zero in on on, on some of those battles. Um, When you talk about the battles in camp, though, and, and some of these uh, positions that are available, whether it's uh, trying to move up in the lineup or secure your spot uh, in the lineup or just make the lineup. Uh, there's some players that are, are like Paul Cotter was a player that, that caught our attention. Now he's just trying to uh, be on the radar for a call-up right now. Uh, he would like it to, to be more, but the reality is that that's, he's trying to jump the queue right now and become one of those uh, players that uh, is looked at first. How's Paul playing? Should we call him up? 
uh, first or, or second. Peyton Krebs is trying to make this lineup and be that that 13th forward or above. And then you have somebody like Keegan Colasar who's trying to play up the lineup. Oh, let's evaluate some of this as we've seen a couple of games. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting because as we talked about going into preseason and going into camp, it was how much experimentation are we expecting out of the top six and will we see something similar going into the regular season? And, you know, you asked me, what's your percentage on how the Golden Knights open the season with their top six being the same? And I said, eh, 85%. I bumped it up to 90. I'm like 95 right now that we're going to see the same top six. I really think that the third line for the Golden Knights right now, if the regular season were to start tomorrow, would be Matthias Janmark with Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dodonov. So, you know, they're... they're there really is, for me, if, if it's Peyton Krebs, right? Peyton Krebs trying to get himself onto this team, trying to make this team out of camp. I I think that the spot for him would be the spot where I think Matthias Janmark is. And, you know, through camp, Peyton's going to have to make a compelling argument that that's where he needs to be with Patrick and Dodonov. Uh I don't know that it's happened through two games, but he's still got a little bit of runway. And then as far as your fourth line goes, I think Keegan Colasars is is locking down that 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 right wing fourth line spot for this team. I think Nick was probably getting himself into the ballpark of, of he's going to be the guy uh, on that fourth line center. And then you've got a question on the left wing. Is it going to be Brett Howden? Is it going to be Will Carrier? Um, or is it going to be somebody else? I'm not sure, but you know, I think for for the most part, the top nine for the Golden Knights is pretty much set. You're just looking at at some guys that might fit into the that spot that's open right now on the fourth line, so, and I don't even know how open that is to be honest. Where what's your fourth line right now? My fourth line right now, and it it's tough, but I I feel like it would like opening night would be Howden, Wah, and Kolasar, simply because. Howden can kill penalties, right? Like I know that that versatility down your lineup is important. So I would probably go Howden, Wah, and Colasar, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Carrier, Wah, and Colasar. You know, if that happens, it would be very significant, but it, because it would mean your entire fourth line from a year ago yeah. wouldn't be in the season opening lineup. Right. I don't know whether that happens. I like what you're thinking with often. Howden. I do. I do. What your I like your rationale with Howden. Uh, I do believe Carrier's in the season opening lineup, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have to bounce it off. Nick Waugh seems like a no brainer that sure. he would be in there. Uh, I guess he could be bumped out by Howden. Uh, the the upside and the skill of of Nick Waugh. How about the shootout play last yeah, night? Fantastic. Ooh, that's the kind of hands he loves to go top. Shelf top glove mm-hmm. uh, when he gets an opportunity in the slot. He, he, he kind of alluded to me in the past uh, that he, he he doesn't even look if he gets those quick opportunities. He just knows that that's that's where he wants to go and mm-hmm. and has gone there. Uh, he can hit those spots, but the shootout last night, wow, uh, that that was outstanding. I'd be surprised if if Nick Wall wasn't in that season opening lineup. And and then you've got your decision uh, on the other side, and and you could go with uh, with a couple of different different ways. But uh, I, I tend to believe that 
that Wah and Carrier will be in the lineup. But the further you get into this, Ryan, mm-hmm. you realize that the work that was done in the summer, and we can talk about this happen or this could play out in training camp, like the the number of spots actually available, probably fewer than even I cared to uh, accurately gauge two weeks ago. Hmm. Yeah, and you, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. It, you look at this team, and they're very, very well established in terms of their top six. Um, they essentially went out and, and Kelly McCrimmon over the summer and retooled that third line, which you know you expect Alex Tuck to be a part of once he comes back for the Vegas Golden Knights, which pushes everything down assuming that you, you get everybody yeah. you have everybody healthy when he does return um you know and then you know you've retooled your fourth line but you've done it in a way where you have a lot of players that have a really interesting skill sets down the lineup that can help you in multiple facets of the game it's it's a deep lineup that there's just no real getting around that still time to throw a, a fly in the soup if you will goes with my uh, grain of salt and hill of beans uh, throw a fly in the soup mm-hmm. in the final five exhibition games. But at this point, if things continue to trend, uh, that there had there won't be that big statement in training camp. That said, we will find out what happened to Ron Bierg's nose. I I, 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 I left it up to the to the masses and I I was let down. So let's uh let's leave it uh for tomorrow. On that front, when we continue, Kim Frank is going to join us, uh, VGK Foundation. Uh, give us an idea of uh, what's going to happen from the Vegas Golden Knights front on 1 October and how you can get involved. We also have our top five at five. Number two, guarantees in the National Hockey League and with the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm looking forward to today's. Uh, I got a glimpse of, of what's on the way, and I think the listeners are going to like this. And in one-timers, I've got a couple of little nuggets for you from the NHL preseason that uh, I want both Chapman and Wallace to chime in on if they've ever seen just something like that in a National Hockey League game. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Our countdown of the top five guarantees in the National Hockey League when the Vegas Golden Knights comes by your way at 5 o'clock, the top five at five. We will also uh, bring you our one-timer segment, uh, which uh, will include some of the happenings in and around training camp and exhibition games with a full slate of exhibition games, basically nightly now uh, in the National Hockey League. But uh, next week is uh, 1 October, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will be participating in the memory and honoring those uh, victims of the tragedy. Uh, let's bring in VGK, uh, president of the VGK Foundation, uh, Kim Frank, who's uh, one of my co-workers over at the Vegas Golden Knights. I passed by her desk uh, today. You know, you have one of the, the, the worst spots for an office. I was thinking about this as I walked by today because she's Kim's office is down the hall and it's sort of where we all pass through to go downstairs to the dressing room for press conferences. And when the door shuts, it could be it could be George McPhee coming down that hallway. It could be Kelly McCrimmon. It could be a coach. It could be a player. Or it could be a schmuck like me. See, Kim's always got to be aware of what's going on in that hallway. And then you look up and it's like, oh, it's my heart. 
Never. Why did I even bother looking up? No, I just always I always say hello. I you like do. You're everyone very that walks by because in the afternoon nobody walks by. Oh yeah, because it's very busy. <laughs> and so I the love day. the I yeah. love the commotion during the season by my office. <laughs> you're 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 very kind in that. Uh, so Kim, uh, give us an idea of of what is going to take place from uh, a VGK involvement uh, regarding one October. Yeah, so as we all, you know, every year we try and do something in the community. This year with, um, you know, NHL COVID rules, we just have to make sure we follow them, but we don't want to not be out there. So we're going to start with 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. a blood drive, which people can still sign up for if they'd like to donate blood. Um, It will be right outside of City National in the parking lot. Uh, We will have a few people stopping by. Actually, Kelly McCrimmon is going to donate blood um, in the afternoon, as well as potentially a player and Derek England and his wife. Um, Carrie Bubolts will be there in the morning, but um, it's open to fans to donate. Um, So that's 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We will also be providing, um, we have a limited number of tickets for those that are donating blood uh, for that game that evening. And then from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., we will be down at police headquarters. We want to make sure, you know, give our first responders love as well because they, you know, they were there to help as many people as possible uh, four years ago. And then we're going to head over to um, the fire station, fire station 22 on Flamingo Road um, at about 1115 in the afternoon as well, or morning. It's the morning. But um, And then coming back for the blood drive in the afternoon. Um, so we have all of that before we even have a game and during practice. <laughs> And during practice, and uh, and everybody's practices are open, so it's a great uh, opportunity to tie it all in and and come down and and donate some blood. Blood drives so important uh, to this. And do you have to book an appointment, or can you just actually pop in and and donate blood and then go about your your day, whether you want to go to practice or, or get on to your to your job? We are encouraging people to sign up in advance just to make sure that there's a slot. Um, we still, you know, there's still some protocol in place for everybody, right. you know, in the community. So we do like people to sign up, which you can do at um, VegasGoldenKnights.com website. But if you show up and there is a slot, I don't think they'll turn you away. Kim Frank is with us, president of the VGK uh, Foundation on VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, it's it's always interesting when it comes to those these types of, of anniversaries where you look back, you think about kind of where you were on that day and, and how things have changed just kind of within the community, within uh, your involvement in the community. And just, you know, when you get a chance to kind of look back over the last four years since October 1, like what, what have you learned about the Vegas community that, that maybe you didn't know uh, it, before this tragedy? So, you know, I came here roughly a year before that happened. I moved from the East Coast out here to Las Vegas, and you knew that the community was there. They were so excited about hockey. But then when everything happened, um, you just saw the community come together. And not only come together, like our players dove right into the community, too, and they felt like it just kind of made everyone belong, and it showed how strong they were and how strong we are 40, four years later, and we're not going to forget. The community doesn't forget, but it's also how are we moving forward. And it, it's just it's amazing to see the strength and to see how everyone comes together. And it was just a piece of, like where, like you said, where were you? How were you connected to it? And, um, you know, many of us were not from Las Vegas, so when we did get to see or, you know, meet people, it, it's still something like, yes, I was here. And so it's a, it's it kind of ties you in and makes you feel really a part of this community. Kim Frank is with us, the president of the VGK Foundation. Uh, you were part of the organization uh, on that uh, 
tragic night. Uh, everything starts happening really fast from a response uh, point of view. Uh, the foundation, uh, PR, communications, uh, all kind of come together. Give me an idea of, of what you experienced and what you uh, went through in going through the various appearances or taking care of people uh, in the in the hours and days after October 1. Yeah, so one thing that people probably forget is that we, our team came together maybe two and a half, three weeks prior to 1 October. And so for me, the guys, like we knew them a little bit, but they were all new. So it wasn't like learning three new guys like this year, you know, it's mm. like Brett Howden and, um, and a couple of those new guys. But there it was 24 guys you were getting to know. So we had a fan fest set for, I think, the day after or two days later. And our first response was two days later. Our, our first response was, okay, cancel that. What can we do to be a part of the community? What can we do to help? And every single guy, so I text or called every single guy on the team and they're like, tell me what we can do. How can we get there? And then we started working uh, with different people in the community to say, where, where can we be? What can we do? When is it appropriate to go to hospitals? Um, can we bring meals to or visit with first responders? What does the community need? Blood drives. We did a blood drive there. Our guys wanted to, um, to donate, but we didn't want to jump the line. And then at the same time, the team didn't, they're like, we're nobodies in the community right now. We haven't played a regular season game People were just getting to know who we were. And so, and I was like, but that's okay. Like, we, you know, they were in Jersey, so people could recognize their last names and see, you know, they played in the game on the first, and then this is the second of October. But every single player wanted to do something, and they still feel that way today. It's, like, four years later, you just continually see what can we do? How can we do it? I want to be out there. Even guys that may not have been in Vegas for that first year of it they see the importance of this day. It's, it's hockey's way. And, and I don't make that statement lightly, but you don't want to get in the way as far as, as a reaction like that. You, you maybe could help, but you're more worried about getting in the way and, and disrupting the process from, from what I can gather from your, your, the story that you related. Absolutely. I say it all the time. I'm biased because these guys are amazing, but it really yeah. is hockey. I've worked in other sports and you just see it and it's, it's, they're real, not only real, but they don't think they're better than anyone else, and they don't want to get in the way. They just want to help if it's appropriate. Uh, we are chatting with Kim Frank, uh, president of the VGK Foundation on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So, Kim, when you kind of look back at, at what that initial response was in the in the aftermath and, and really what the, you know, what the initiatives have been every year since, what are you most proud of? I think it's just how that we came together with the community and how it's not just a one-time thing. There's nothing worse than just checking the box or doing it when the cameras are on. I think it was a way that really bonded the community with our team and the team with the community. And, you know, they cheer for us every night that we're out. We're at T-Mobile, but, like, we're cheering for the community when we go out there, and they, our guys just really feel that way. Uh, tell me about the Knights Salute Season Ticket Member Community Recognition Program. That's a mouthful. But it's something that I've, that I've kind of just become aware of uh, recently. And give, give me an idea on that. And then, subsequently, if people want to get involved in it. Yes, so the Night Salute program is where season ticket members donated back uh, a percentage a, um, of dollars, and it allowed us to um, have tickets that we can give out. Like we're doing, we, you know, we've done all through preseason, whether it's through with Clark County Schools or for, uh, for Friday where we're giving them to uh, police officers, those that have donated blood. It's just a way that we're able to give tickets to the community 
and our season ticket members have supported it, and they have provided um, they've provided a, a dollar amount so that we then are able like over 500 tickets this this uh, coming Friday that we're going to be giving out um, to the community. And if people want to get involved, you can do it through on um, online again through the ticket. Uh, piece on our uh, drop down of tickets. That's awesome. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, and uh, just one more time, blood drive uh, from eight o'clock until five o'clock. I think that uh, that right on uh, one October, and then some appearances in and around the community uh, later on in the day. Yes, exactly. And then at the game, there'll be some activities there that our game production crew is working hard on as well. Uh, awesome, Kim. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, you're you're the the best, and uh, thanks thanks for being nice to me in the hallway and not being disappointed oh. when it's uh, somebody. You can always say hi, stop in. I have candy as well, and thank ah. you guys for taking time to talk about it. I didn't know you had candy. I keep it on the on the table. Oh. You just walk by. See, you're so afraid that you're gonna you're gonna bother me, and I'm just trying to say hi. I bribe people into my office. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best. Uh, thanks, Kim, and uh, and uh, best wishes uh, going through that day. Uh, it's an emotional day for everybody, especially uh, those that uh, were in uh, the area and with the team uh, during that tragic day. And uh, it's awesome that you are continuing to to give back and appreciate it. And we'll continue and follow up with you. Thanks so much, and thanks for the support. There's the president of the VGK Foundation, Kim Frank, also uh, uh, a cool co-worker and uh, one of the cool people that I've got to know in and around uh, the Vegas School tonight. If you want to get involved, uh, you can uh, make an appointment for the uh, blood donor uh, clinic uh, at donors.vitalent.org. All right? Donors.vitalent.org. And uh, 8 until 5, Kelly McCrimmon's going to be out there, maybe a player or two, uh, right out in front of City National Arena. Uh, There's a morning skate and then the game that night, so a lot going on in and around the events, uh, recognizing 1 October. It's hard to believe it's been four years, honestly. I I really, um, you know, I mean, for, you know, for for Chapman and and I, like, I know... just it's it's just one of those things where you know you, you kind of get transported right back to that day that moment uh, that you, that you find out about it and um, it's it's hard to recognize that four years have have passed since that moment. Well, it's crazy. the the people that didn't live here, uh, Pete DeBoer, was was coaching uh, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. So there's there's these uh, connections all, along the way. Uh, make sure you uh, check out uh, VGK, uh, VegasGoldenKnights.com, if you want more information on the events uh, recognizing 1 October. When we continue, we'll tee up the top five at five today. The second best guarantee, both from a VGK front and the National Hockey League, and some news and notes in one-timers, stuff that uh, I'm, I'm not sure you've seen before, this type of skewed statistic uh, from a preseason game. It's the VGK Insider Show live on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Countdown continues, top five at five. We are hitting the number two spot for guarantees this season, both on the VGK front and on the National Hockey League front. Uh, you're you're going to like the NHL version today. It's uh, it's outstanding. And it's very appropriate. I just I snuck I normally I I try not to look at the at the top 5s, 
because I like it to be a surprise. But yeah. uh, but this one this one I did. Got a, uh, got a bit of a surprise for you right now. Are you ready for this, Wallace? Yeah, go for it. Here's Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Oh, beautiful. Hey, uh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, hey, Ben, you're the nicest guy in the media. Uh, so I wanted Aww. to. Uh, you, you, I know you've been listening to the front half of the show, so uh, this this <laughs> won't come as a surprise. But for for listeners who are just joining the show, I want to bring everybody up to date. Uh, Jonas Rombierg uh, met with the media today, and uh, I, I played uh, a little experiment with myself and the the assembled media in the room to see if anybody would ask him about the sc- big scrape on his nose. And nobody did. Have one. And and including you. Why didn't anybody ask him about what happened to his nose when it was sitting there right in front of everybody? Wow, it's hard hitting questions yeah. right off the bat. You guys do not take it easy. No. Uh, on your I'm, desk. I'm frustrated. No, no, no. Well, no, hey, no, no, no. Hey, we're, we're on your side here, Ben. Me and Ryan on. are with you. It's Darren who, who's taking the gloves off. I, I got to set the record straight. Do not lump us in with Darren Millard on this one. Darren's on an island. Uh, he had an experiment that he was playing in his own head, and then what ended up happening was when no one asked the question and then the moderator said, does anybody have any further questions or any extra questions or any last questions, Darren elected not to ask the question. I was question. despondent. So it, you had an opportunity and you yeah. didn't do it, and now you're calling everybody else out for doing exactly what you did. Did you see the scrape on his nose? I did see the scrape on his nose. You know, I figured he's a he's a hardworking player, oh good on the four check. You know, had a nice keep in at the offensive blue line yesterday that led to Patrick Brown's goal. I just figure, you know, typical uh, scrape you pick up uh, during you know training camp. Now, to be clear, when we're talking about a scrape, this is not like you know like five inches big, like you know can see it from space scrape. It was, you know, it's noticeable, okay. but this is, you know, not Chapman like you got thought a it was broken. And then oh, like, no, Hold no. on. Hold on. <laughs> ben, all you had to say was he probably got his nose scraped because his nose was scraped. Like, it, it's, <laughs> there's no story here. He plays hockey. He probably got a, a scraped nose because he scraped his nose. Like, well, it's listen, not difficult here. I'm gar- I guarantee you, next time we see Mark Stone, everybody's going to ask mm-hmm. him about his ear. And this. This was right there in front of everybody, and Chapman well, I mean, thought it was broken. The I did not think it was you, broken. You, 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 the first thing I you think, said was, "I said, I said, it's not like it was broken." And Ben, I just, I played an experiment with with how many how, of you are there the sitting in that front row? Uh, you guys all clamor for your front row seats, and nobody <laughs> asked. <laughs> ben, give it back. Hard. I'm sick Come on, like Ben, give five. it back. I don't get to sit in the front row a lot. This is very special. To me. Be, yeah, be defiant. Buddy. Give it, give on. it back to Darren. I like with one R. I like to think that. Oh no, no, Ben. Uh, who? No, um, Justin Emerson made fun of me with one R for spelling my name with one R today. And then uh, you made fun the of Darren Elliott. Yeah, then I, I just it was trickle down. Uh, somebody makes fun of me, I make fun of them. <laughs> I, I never wanted to stop. Just, uh, just with me. Hey, be, before we, because uh, we, we wanted to just have some fun with this. But before we, well, we got you. Uh, just anything, any storylines stand out to you from from camp? And then thanks again for jumping on with us. Oh, of course, no problem, guys. No, I mean the things that I'm interested in watching is I think. Things that like everyone's interested in watching. I want to see how Nolan Patrick is going to integrate into this team. I mean, you can watch that guy skate around an ice rink for about 30 seconds and realize the talent that why he was the number two overall pick. Like, it's not 
that hard. I don't think you have to be a hardcore scout to figure out that that kid has a lot of uh, tools that anyone would want in a center. It's just a matter of, okay, can he stay healthy? Can a fresh start kind of resuscitate his career? And so I'm really intrigued in watching him and watching Evgeny Dadunov and how they're going to mesh uh, both at five-on-five because, of course, they're on the third line together and on the power play because they've got Patrick now on the net front of that first power play unit. And Dadnov in the bumper role, and I just don't think they've had a guy with his exact skill set uh, in that spot before. And so I'm really intrigued, ultimately, you know, how those two guys and how their usage is going to play out through the course of the season. And it's been interesting to watch so far. And I'm, you know, curious to see how that continues throughout the rest of the preseason. The bumper role is one of my favorite positions in hockey because when it works, it's spectacular. And you wonder why every team doesn't do it. But you have to have a particular skill set, and uh, that's a great pickup by you. It's right in between the circles, medium to high slot, and if you can distribute the puck or shoot the puck from there, boy, you are lethal. Uh, thanks for doing this. You are absolutely the nicest person in the uh, Las Vegas media, and that's why I wanted to make sure that you were brought on because I thought you could give us an objective point of view on why nobody asked Jonas Ronbjerg about the scrape, scrape on his nose, including me. Well, remember, thank I was you doing so much. Your check is in the mail for all the uh, nice compliments, <laughs> and uh, hopefully it doesn't bounce. Uh, what's, in, what's, in tomorrow's, bounce. Uh, what's in tomorrow's? I've had those happen to me before. Uh, what? Uh, uh, I'm usually the one writing them. Uh, what's in tomorrow's paper for you? Tomorrow's paper is all about uh, Laurent Brassois. He, of course, you know, Knight's new backup goaltender uh, started in last night's preseason game. And so it's just a bunch of comments um, about him and from the team about why he chose to come to the Knights, of course, in free agency to sign that two-year deal and just what his addition kind of changes about kind of the dynamic of the Knights goaltender, Tatum, because, of course, they had a Jennings-winning duo with Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, Robin Leonard. Last year, but this year it's going to be a little bit different with kind of a more clear number one and clear number two. So I kind of uh, explore all of that in tomorrow's piece. Is Jonathan Marchessault's quote in there about the French? I, I did not get mm. that in there. I did not okay. want to out the Laurent Brassois for uh, not speaking a uh, lick of French. <laughs> well, I just did. Uh, thanks for doing this, Ben. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Talk to you later. <laughs> There's Ben Goetz, uh, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, coming up, top five at 5.05. That's what it'll be as we're a little bit behind the clock, but thought we'd have some fun with Ben Goats uh, from the uh, RJ. Uh, when we continue, top five at five and one-timers. Hour number two of the BGK Insider Show is next.